Today is April 2nd. I'm Serena, and welcome to the Seven Streams Bible Reading Method. We are in the World Stream today, and we will complete the book of Genesis and begin the book of Exodus. We are starting the Bible translation, which is the World English Bible. The World English Bible is a free updated version of the American Standard Version, which came out in 1901. It's one of the few public domain modern English translations of the entire Bible, and it's freely distributed to the public using electronic formats. It is a formal equivalence translation. The publisher is Rainbow Missions, and the completion of this version of it was done in 2000. We'll be reading from Genesis 49:29 to Exodus 3:22. Israel is giving his final requests before he leaves this earth. Genesis 49:29. He instructed them and said to them, "I am to be gathered to my people. Bury me with my fathers in the cave that is in the field of Ephron the Hittite." in the cave that is in the field of Machpelah, which is before Mamre, in the land of Canaan, which Abraham bought with the field from Ephron the Hittite as a burial place. There they buried Abraham and Sarah, his wife. There they buried Isaac and Rebekah, his wife. And there I buried Leah. The field and the cave that is therein, which was purchased from the children of Heth, when Jacob finished charging his sons, he gathered up his feet into the bed and yielded up the spirit and was gathered to his people. Joseph fell on his father's face, wept on him, and kissed him. Joseph commanded his servants, the physicians, to embalm his father, and the physicians embalmed Israel. Forty days were fulfilled for him, for that is how many days it takes to embalm. The Egyptians wept for him for seventy days. When the days of weeping for him were past, Joseph spoke to the house of Pharaoh, saying, If now I have found favor in your eyes, please speak in the ears of Pharaoh, saying, My father made me swear, saying, Behold, I am dying. Bury me in my grave which I have dug for myself in the land of Canaan. Now therefore... Please, let me go up and bury my father, and I will come again. Pharaoh said, Go up and bury your father, just like he made you swear. Joseph went up to bury his father, and with him went up all the servants of Pharaoh, the elders of his house, all the elders of the land of Egypt, all the house of Joseph, his brothers, and his father's house, only the little ones, their flocks and their herds, they left in the land of Goshen. There they went up with him, both chariots and horsemen. It was a very great company. They came to the threshing floor of Atad, which is beyond the Jordan, and there they lamented with a very great and severe lamentation. He mourned for his father seven days. When the inhabitants of the land, the Canaanites, saw the mourning in the floor of Atad, they said, this is a grievous mourning by the Egyptians. Therefore its name was called Abel Mizraim, which is beyond the Jordan. His sons did to him just as he commanded them, 
For his sons carried him into the land of Canaan and buried him in the cave of the field of Machpelah, which Abraham bought with the field for a possession of a burial site from Ephron the Hittite before Mamre. Joseph returned into Egypt. He and his brothers and all that went up with him to bury his father after he had buried his father. When Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, It may be that Joseph will hate us and will fully pay us back for all the evil which we did to him. They sent a message to Joseph, saying, Your father commanded before he died, saying, You shall tell Joseph, Now, please forgive the disobedience of your brothers and their sin, because they did evil to you. Now, please, forgive the disobedience of the servants of the God of your father. Joseph wept when they spoke to him. His brothers also went and fell down before his face, and they said, Behold, we are your servants. Joseph said to them, Don't be afraid, for am I in the place of God? As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good, to bring to pass, as it is today, to save many people alive. Now, therefore, don't be afraid. I will nourish you and your little ones. He comforted them and spoke kindly to them. Joseph lived in Egypt, he and his father's house. Joseph lived 110 years. Joseph saw Ephraim's children to the third generation. The children also of Machir, the son of Manasseh, were born on Joseph's knees. Joseph said to his brothers, I am dying, but God will surely visit you and bring you up out of this land to the land which he swore to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. Joseph took an oath of the children of Israel, saying, God will surely visit you, and you shall carry up my bones from here. So Joseph died, being 110 years old, and they embalmed him, and he was put in a coffin in Egypt. Exodus 1 now these are the names of the sons of Israel who came into Egypt. Every man and his household came with Jacob, Reuben, Simeon, Levi, and Judah, Issachar, Zebulun, and Benjamin, Dan and Naphtali, Gad and Asher. All the souls who came out of Jacob's body were seventy souls, and Joseph was in Egypt already. Joseph died, as did all his brothers, and all that generation. The children of Israel were fruitful and increased abundantly and multiplied and grew exceedingly mighty, and the land was filled with them. Now there arose a new king over Egypt who didn't know Joseph. He said to his people, Behold, the people of the children of Israel are more and mightier than we. Come, let us deal wisely with them lest they multiply and it happen that when any war breaks out, they also join themselves to our enemies and fight against us and escape out of the land. Therefore, they set taskmasters over them to afflict them with their burdens. They built storage cities for Pharaoh, Pithom, and Ramses. 
But the more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied, and the more they spread out. They were grieved because of the children of Israel. The Egyptians ruthlessly made the children of Israel serve, and they made their lives bitter with hard service, in mortar and in brick, and in all kinds of service in the field, all their service in which they ruthlessly made them serve. The king of Egypt spoke to the Hebrew midwives, of whom the name of the one was Shipra, and the name of the other Pua. And he said, When you perform the duty of a midwife to the Hebrew women, and see them on the birthstool, if it is a son, then you shall kill him, but if it is a daughter, then she shall live. But the midwives feared God, and didn't do what the king of Egypt commanded them, but saved the baby boys alive. The king of Egypt called for the midwives and said to them, Why have you done this thing and have saved the boys alive? The midwives said to Pharaoh, Because the Hebrew women aren't like the Egyptian women, for they are vigorous and give birth before the midwife comes to them. God dealt well with the midwives, and the people multiplied and grew very mighty. Because the midwives feared God, he gave them families. Pharaoh commanded all his people, saying, You shall cast every son who is born into the river, and every daughter you shall save alive. A man of the house of Levi went and took a daughter of Levi as his wife. The woman conceived and bore a son. When she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him three months. When she could no longer hide him, she took a papyrus basket for him and coated it with tar and with pitch. She put the child in it and laid it in the reeds by the river's bank. His sister stood far off to see what would be done to him. Pharaoh's daughter came down to bathe at the river. Her maidens walked along by the riverside. She saw the basket among the reeds and sent her servants to get it. She opened it and saw the child, and behold, the baby cried. She had compassion on him and said, This is one of the Hebrews' children. Then the sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, Should I go and call a nurse for you from the Hebrew women, that she may nurse the child for you? Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go. The maiden went and called the child's mother. Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this child away and nurse him for me, and I will give you your wages. The woman took the child and nursed it. The child grew, and she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. She called him Moses and said, Because I drew him out of the water. In those days when Moses had grown up, he went out to his brothers and looked at their burdens. He saw an Egyptian striking a Hebrew, one of his brothers. He looked this way and that way, and when he saw that there was no one, he killed the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. He went out the second day, and behold, two men of the Hebrews were fighting with each other. He said to him who did the wrong, why did you strike your fellow? He said, Who made you a prince and a judge over us? Do you plan to kill me as you killed the Egyptian? 
Moses was afraid and said, Surely this thing is known. Now when Pharaoh heard this thing, he sought to kill Moses. But Moses fled from the face of Pharaoh and lived in the land of Midian, and he sat down by a well. Now the priest of Midian had seven daughters. They came and drew water and filled the troughs to water their father's flock. The shepherds came and drove them away, but Moses stood up and helped them and watered their flock. When they came to Reuel his father, he said, How is it that you have returned so early today? They said, An Egyptian delivered us out of the hand of the shepherds, and moreover he drew water for us and watered the flock. He said to his daughters, Where is he? Why is it that you have left the man? Call him, that he may eat bread. Moses was content to dwell with the man. He gave Moses Zipporah, his daughter. She bore a son, and he named him Gershom, for he said, I have lived as a foreigner in a foreign land. In the course of those many days, the king of Egypt died, and the children of Israel sighed because of the bondage, and they cried, and their cry came up to God because of the bondage. God heard their groaning, and God remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. God saw the children of Israel, and God was concerned about them. Now Moses was keeping the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the back of the wilderness and came to God's mountain, to Horeb. Yahweh's angel appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the middle of a bush. He looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. Moses said, I will turn aside now and see this great sight, why the bush is not burnt. When Yahweh saw that he turned aside to see, God called to him out of the middle of the bush and said, Moses, Moses, he said, here I am. He said, don't come close. Take your sandals off of your feet, for the place you are standing on is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. Yahweh said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt, and have heard their cry because of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians, and to bring them up out of that land to a good and large land, to a land flowing with milk and honey, to the place of the Canaanite, the Hittite, the Amorite, the Perizzite, the Hivite, and the Jebusite. Now behold, the cry of the children of Israel has come to me. Moreover, I have seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppressed them. Come now, therefore, and I will send you to Pharaoh, that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. Moses said to God, Who am I, that I should go to Pharaoh, and that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? He said, Certainly, I will be with you. This will be the token to you 
that I have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. Moses said to God, Behold, when I come to the children of Israel and tell them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, What is his name? What should I tell them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, You shall tell the children of Israel this, I am has sent me to you. God said moreover to Moses, You shall tell the children of Israel this, Yahweh, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and this is my memorial to all generations. Go, and gather the elders of Israel together, and tell them, Yahweh, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, of Isaac, and of Jacob has appeared to me, saying, I have surely visited you, and seen that which was done to you in Egypt. And I have said, I will bring you up out of the affliction of Egypt to the land of the Canaanite, the Hittite, the Amorite, the Perizzite, the Hivite, and the Jebusite, to a land flowing with milk and honey. They will listen to your voice, and you shall come, you and the elders of Israel, to the king of Egypt, and you shall tell him, Yahweh, the God of the Hebrews, has met with us. Now please, let us go three days' journey into the wilderness, that we may sacrifice to Yahweh our God. I know that the king of Egypt won't give you permission to go, no, not by a mighty hand. I will reach out my hand and strike Egypt with all my wonders which I will do among them, and after that he will let you go. I will give this people favor in the sight of the Egyptians, and it will happen that when you go, you shall not go empty-handed. But every woman shall ask of her neighbor, and of her who visits her house, jewels of silver, jewels of gold, and clothing, and you shall put them on your sons and on your daughters. You shall plunder the Egyptians. Dear Lord Jesus, Seasons come and go as the reading today encompasses a 400-year period. Let us take this calling of Moses very seriously, for even today you call us to lead enslaved people into freedom. You've told us to receive nations into your kingdom. We are to live for our Deliverer, too. Please give us the same assurance that you gave to Moses, that you will be with us. Amen. At the beginning of today's reading, Jacob's departure is imminent. I like his determination to not be buried in Egypt. The Egyptian culture was obsessed with the process and their definition of the afterlife. For Egyptian royalty, death was what one's entire life was spent preparing for. It's one of the matters Jesus is hinting about when he declared he was the God of the living, not the dead. Jacob wants to be sure that he is buried back on the other side of the Nile, where his father Isaac and his grandfather Abraham, near Hebron, are buried. He finished his speech, and then he was gone. In Genesis 50, the funeral for Jacob is ornate. And as soon as this is over with, 
Joseph shows his good ethics yet again to assure his brothers that they're family, they're not enemies. Quite quickly, we jump to the end of Joseph's life, and then what does he insist? That his bones too be carried out of Egypt when the Israelites leave. Fascinating reference to an exodus that would take place 400 years later. Joseph soon breathes his last after being in Egypt 93 years. Do you see the interesting bookends in Genesis? The warning in Genesis 2, Do not eat this fruit or you will surely die. At the end of the book, Jacob dies. At the end of Genesis, Joseph dies. Genesis seems to end, I told you this is going to happen. This is where disobedience takes you. At any rate, the 4,000-year march from leaving Eden to the Calvary event is well on its way. Chronologically, we are 2,200 years into it with 1,800 years to go. In Exodus 1, as time goes by, the Israelites multiply, being in very fertile ground in the Nile Delta region. The new pharaoh was the one who took command following the Hyksos invasion of 1700 BC. The Hyksos were in charge of North Egypt until Egypt pulled together again after its own civil wars and were able to defeat the Hyksos after 108 years of them being there. Egypt reestablished and the new kingdom was upon them. Thus, there was a new pharaoh who knew nothing about Joseph, as it reads in Exodus 1.8. The Israelites are enslaved to keep them under wraps. The boys are sentenced to die at birth to keep numbers down and to keep a rebellion at bay. In chapter 2, this is the chaos that Moses is born into. Moses is the most important figure of the ancient world. From Eden to Jesus, no more important man than Moses comes along. He is hid from Pharaoh and his murderous edict, and then found by Pharaoh's daughter. He could not have come closer to death. We see the same developments around Jesus' birth in Matthew when Herod tries to kill the threat to his rule. Notice that from verses 1, 10 to 12, 40 years went by. Moses spent 40 years in Pharaoh's palace, learning the ways of the Egyptians. From Exodus 2, 5 to 11, 40 years in the desert, learning that place and learning to be with God during his 40 years in the desert. He starts a family there, and during that time, the slavery back in Egypt is becoming unbearable under a different pharaoh. In Exodus 3, God calls Moses to lead the delivery of his people from bondage. It's one of the most vital and miraculous passages in the Bible. So much hinges upon this incident. Moses is in near disbelief at what is happening. And the conversation has just started. We'll be continuing more with the conversation between Moses and God next week. SevenStreamsMethod.com is the home port for this podcast. Tomorrow we will go to the nation stream to the book of 1 Samuel. Know that nothing can separate you from the love of God. Until tomorrow, I'm Serena, sailing with you down the seven streams.